When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. Mo DeKeel here is with me. Daniel Lehman is our producer. And Mo, we got to start with a battle of dynamos out in the Western Conference. Jokic versus Dame. The Nuggets win 122-113. to 113. Jokic was pretty much perfect. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was... You know what? He missed a shot. No, he can't be our MVP, Jared. He missed a shot. Well, 13 and 14 is not enough for me. Oh, no, even more. T- give back the second one. That's it. I want them all. No, uh, Jokic was really impressive in this game to the point where it was effortless. Like that was a, that's the way I would kind of describe it. It was a 36, 12 and 10 night for him. And it looked so incredibly easy that I was just like, damn, man, like. It's it's almost like he's bored sometimes, Jared. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those nights where he's just kind of walking around out there, just up faking, passing, like stuff like that, just kind of waiting for things to open up for him. And it's not surprising surprising against Portland's defense that it was he was able to just wait until the openings arose. But I mean, he was just so he was just so composed in the paint. It seemed like they had no answer for him around the hoop. None. And I just think that's kind of the stuff there and, and usually Nurkic does a pretty good job with him, but he, he really couldn't contain him tonight. And I think this is the thing about Portland that I never trusted about them was their defense. And, you know, despite their hot start in October, it's really a tough loss for them, but Hey man, Dame was incredible, especially in that first half. He had 30 points in the first half. He ended up going 14 for 14 from the line, 12 for 20 from the field. Uh, he also had eight times, 44 points in eight times. I think we're used to Jokic putting up those kind of numbers, but Dame can do it too. I mean, what was going for Dame in the first half and then what wasn't going for him in the second half? I think the key thing right there, just, you know, on looking at the kind of visual thing is he was six and nine from three. He was getting a lot of clean looks from three coming off screens, all of that stuff. And I think the Nuggets made an adjustment to really say like, hey, we're not going to let Dame beat us from the three point line. He only got three shots up in the second half from three, missing all three of those, uh, you know, was still really strong attacking the paint and so on from Dame. But if you're able to kind of limit the three-point shot from Dame and make him more of a inside-the-arc kind of player, you're going to be in pretty good shape as a team defensively. And I think that's one of the big things that the Nuggets did. And they did this without Michael Malone, who was in COVID protocols. That's right. Yeah, they, they, had, they had the assistant coach running it for him. And I mean, credit to Dame. Good adjustment for him. I know, like the Nuggets, they were up on the screen. Jokic was up to touch a lot of the time on the screens. And he would kind of quickly snake back whenever Jokic would get up there and he would get to the rack a ton. He got, he went 14 for 14 from the line, but he doesn't, he didn't have a lot of help. No, it was a tough night because after that, everybody else kind of struggled. You know, Grant was good, 7 of 15 from the field, but 
man, you know, Simons five of 15, you're looking at that, you know, Nurkic two of nine, you're, you're not getting a ton of help elsewhere. I think that's some of the struggle you're getting across the board with this Blazer team is, you know, guys that were on fire to start the season have really cooled off. And then on Denver side, it's like MPJ, 23 points, signed for 13 shooting. That was great. Jamal Murray was really good moving the ball. Aaron Gordon had a great passing game. Like a lot of a lot of the stuff that they would do uh, with Jokic, I thought Gordon was doing like those passes out of the high posts, stuff like that. Like he's, it's amazing how much Gordon's game has evolved playing next to Jokic. No, he's a pretty good ball handler. Like he can do some things with with what he has, and I think you know as a little bit of a high post playmaker and a little bit on the 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 perimeter, he can make some of these right reads and so on. So it's really easy against this defense. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna keep needling the. Blazers defense there because of just how much it's fallen off. But across the board for the Nuggets, they got help from everybody. Why does the Blazers defense suck so much? Like it always has, but why why this year? You know, the I'll just say the biggest thing is you have two non-defenders to start the game in your backcourt. And Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. And it was the same case when it was Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You just have two guys that don't defend very well. And I think that's one of the problems. And that hurts you towards the end of the games like this game was a you know a, a five-point game at one point and then the nuggets were able to get a bunch of open looks uh mpj had two threes brown had a bucket you know from there you know just right there that's an 8-0 run and i think that's some of the challenges that the blazers have to really figure out you know how they're going to deal with down the road if they're going to make the playing tournament as of right now in the standings they're behind oklahoma city oh my god <laughs> i never realized that all right let's move on all right, we have the Bucks versus the Raptors. No Giannis, no problem. They win 130 to 122 over Toronto. Drew Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, absolute shootout. I mean, that was, that was incredible. You know, across the board from those guys. It, it, not just no Giannis, no Chris Middleton for the, the Bucks. Like, that's a I'm just pretty damn gutty win. And, and yeah, you are <laughs> from, from the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I never on. get to see a play. Um, you know, it's because he doesn't like you, Jared, and doesn't want to see you. That's kind of the main thing there. It's just um, that every time we do no, a Bucks but, game, he's never playing. It's so annoying. Right. <laughs> well, they say he's close to coming back, so maybe maybe you'll be able to catch him. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe. Uh, but if Holiday's going to play like this, they're going to be just fine, right? I mean, it was impressive. Five of ten from three. I felt like he was doing a great job diming out guys. I thought he was getting just kind of a lot of things within the flow. And every time it looked like Toronto was going to make a run, he would come through there. And, and Holiday, his step back late in this game, that was huge to uh, to you know carry them in this one. I, I feel like him and Grayson Allen were just in this offensive groove that they're not usually quite at that level, but they really stepped up in this one. Allen, especially, like he was really terrorizing Toronto in the interior, which you know we were talking about this during that game. It's like we're trying to figure out what's wrong with Toronto. They just, they don't have a big. And when guys are in a rhythm getting into the paint, you're just not able to stop them without that guy with that extra length. Yeah, I think, you know, I understand the the uh, Vision 6-9 or whatever the Project 6-9 or whatever they're calling it these days. But, like, at the same time, I don't get it. At a certain point, you need some size somewhere. You need some sort of depth at center. And I think it was too easy for teams, especially the bucks to kind of just get into the paint over and over again. Tonight. And then that triggers their kickout game. Cause then you're rotating and things like that. And they're finding guys for three in all of that. The, the lack of size, that's a bit of a big one there for the, uh, 
for the Raptors to try to overcome, especially against Brooke Lopez. Uh, although they didn't have to overcome him the entire night because uh, we saw one of the weirdest moments of the NBA season where Lopez and Gary Trent are grappling, I guess, in the paint. And let me, let me, let me, let me walk you through this one. All right, give me the play Gary Trent. Gary Trent is trying to keep Brooke Lopez off the offensive boards and is basically holding him. It should have been a foul call. It's not called the, the buck score a bucket anyway. So it didn't matter, but Lopez just cause you know, while he's being held is trying to walk towards the basket instead just continues to um, walk him all the way into the front row. I mean, this is the balls being inbounded and Brooke Lopez is walking Gary Trent all the way into the front row. Like a, a spectator got Gary Trent in their lap. And then for good measure, Lopez took <laughs> Gary he ripped his headband head right off. off. <laughs> like it's kind of wild in that sense. And then OG on an OB comes and that escalates. You get, uh, you know, all nobody comes off the bench for either team. So we don't have an Orlando magic Detroit Pistons situation, but Jamal McGlure off the bench for the, uh, uh, for the Raptors picks up a technical OG picks up a technical and Brooke Lopez gets tossed for, you know, doing two things. I mean, it was, it was so much going on that Bill Kennedy literally had to grab a notepad and write down all the text. I've never seen a ref break out a pen and paper before to keep track of what the hell's going on. But it was only three names. It wasn't that hard. He uh, didn't really, that was a bit of a, uh, a moment to just show off. We, he has the camera on him. I, I see you, Bill Kennedy. I mean, we know Bill's a good showman. He's got the silkiest voice and uh, video review history. But uh, honestly, the most fascinating part of this whole thing, besides Brooke ripping off the headband, was you know he's throwing, he's he's pushing Gary into the into the sideline. OG comes over and like gives him like a small push, but just like trying to get him off of Trent, who he's throwing into the stands. And Lopez just loses his mind as if like someone just like like hey. told like told him his dog died or something like that. It was insane. Don't, and you can don't. see Brookie's yelling, "What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that?" It's like he was just trying to get you off of it. We know what it was. Don't mess with the Lopez. Is, is Lopez's or do we lo, do Lopi? Lopez plural because. You know, and I and, and I'm including Robin in this. Don't mess with the Lopez's. Okay, just saying. You you do that, you're gonna have some problems. And OG found out. But I'll tell you who wasn't a problem tonight, which we kind of forgot when we were talking about the game. Joe Ingles was awesome for the Bucks, and I think that's gonna be a real important piece for them coming off the bench. 15 points, six three six rebounds, eight assists. Another ball handler that can create for them, and especially in the half court, is going to go a long way for this team. I mean, he was a problem just, you know, in a good way. And for them to add him being an actually productive ball handler again, then get Chris Middleton back at some point in the future, they're adding a lot of playmaking to a team that hasn't quite gotten over that edge. Of the, we Like, we know that this team could be the best team in the NBA. They need to have a more comprehensive offense because they're not going to be like they shot 48 percent uh, from three, 53 percent from the field. They're actually rounding down. Should be rounding up. Actually, yeah, they, they had a 50, 40, 90. It was a great shooting night. They, they're not going to do that every night. It, it was a good night. It was a good night. They're not going to do that every night. And you need good they playmakers to get them through that. And Ingles and Middleton and obviously if Holiday scoring well, it's like they, they are starting to show the potential to have that dominant offense again. They almost had a 50, 50, 90 night. Ooh, that would have been nice. They, if they just took one more three and made it, they would have been at 50-50. Yeah, it would have been more fun. Yeah, well, that game was already fun enough. 
Let's get to our last game. It's the Sixers. It's the Clippers. Joel Embiid versus Kawhi and Paul George. I didn't include James Harden, and we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Although we should have included Tyrus Maxey, but Embiid went off. He had forty one points. Got to the line eighteen times. Had two massive blocks. Philly wins this game one twenty to one ten. It was great until the fourth quarter and the Clippers' offense. Ugh, gross. Ugh is probably the right sound. I think that's that's the right sound to make there. And I feel bad for anybody that's listening to this in their headphones and get that sound in their ear. But we had to watch this game. And in the fourth quarter, their offense went to a screeching halt, which sucks because in the third quarter, Jared, they came out to start the half electric. They're flying up and down the court. They're getting penetration, kick out. Next guy's penetrating, kicking out again. They're finding guys, getting the defense moving. In the fourth quarter, their offense comes to a screeching halt. And everything about that sucked. They only got, it was, you know, at one point, 21 to nine in fourth quarter points. And that's kind of where it just the, the Sixers were able to break this game wide open. And I think that was, uh, that's the thing the Clippers are going to have to figure out how to answer. All right. Good shooting nights for Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. James Harden went one for six from the field. I've never seen that before. Yes, you have. It's just in the playoffs. Oh, that was a <laughs> cheap true. shot. That was cheap. That was so mean. Um, but more importantly, though, it I didn't feel like, even though he was one for six, I didn't feel like it was a massive situation there. The other guys were rolling. He didn't feel like he had to take shots. He was diming guys out. And Jared, this is probably the fastest I've seen the Sixers play. I have a fun little stat for you, Jared. Do you want to guess how many straight games the Sixers have scored over 110 points? Four. 15. Really? This is their 15th consecutive game of scoring 110 points or more, according to the broadcast. If I'm wrong, blame the broadcast and their stat people. Don't blame me. I'll blame you for everything. I'm going to blame you for the show ending. We got to get out of here. That's Mo Kill with the stats. Daniel Lehman is our producer. I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you next time on The Ding. Ding, ding.